Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? Guys, VN Dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast, presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Thursday edition of the show. We are starting our final division to recap for the 2019 NFL Draft, and today is about the Broncos and Chiefs, and I am excited to dig into these classes because I like them both a lot. Kyle, how are we doing? Doing good, Joe. Happy Thursday. Uh, we're recording ahead of time, but you're actually in my house. Odds are, as folks <laughs> are listening to this, you're you're in my house as we speak. Uh, yes, yes. Life the, is great. It's it's weird talking about the future, you know, because I I haven't yet made the commute from Charlotte to wherever you live in Delaware. Um, Delaware. It's, Delaware. It's all within like five minutes of each other. So yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, Kyle. Yeah. Remember. If you want to listen to the Draft Dudes podcast when you're not in next week, you can do so by downloading the new Himalaya podcast app, Kyle, and subscribing to the Draft Dudes podcast. You can also check us out on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and also when you get in your car, tell your smart device to play podcast Draft Dudes. Yeah, if I want to listen to a couple of bozos get together and talk some football, that's what I'll do. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy your week off, sir. Thanks. Um, I still got tomorrow yet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We'll record that one together, I guess. Yeah. In the the flesh. Talking about the Raiders and the Chargers. Hey, Kyle, real quick, real quick, real quick. Yeah, what's up? We talked yesterday on the podcast about the future locations for the NFL draft, but we did not mention that the NFL scouting combine remains in Indianapolis, but the on-field drills are moved to primetime. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, uh, as uh, I've now done my first combine, and I hated having to choose between press conferences and drills. I like that. Uh, hopefully, those will be separated, and we can pay attention to both. I would imagine that they are separated, but uh, can't wait for everybody to piss, moan, and complain about how it's cutting the the drills are now cutting into their their social life at to, the combine. Call them out, Kyle. We've say say it. Who are you going after? Nobody. I'm just, Nobody? I, okay. I understand that's going to be the immediate kickback from <laughs> Ben Solak. Yeah, well. Ben, Ben's not going to be able to get his drinking in. Yeah, that's a real crying shame. Can't I am. Chocolate I, milk. I'm getting that. Uh, we're getting the St. Elmo's. I'm getting that shrimp cocktail. That's that's going to happen. So We're going to have to uh, make sure yours is the appropriate amount of heat. <laughs> oh. Because last time yours you're, was pretty. You're wild. still upset that I didn't cry when I ate my shrimp cocktail. I saw you cry over those chicken wings. You're right. Last time you were in Delaware. Right. I ate three of them, Kyle. <laughs> At least I ate three of them. You I'm, taking, I'm taking you back there today. No, we're the Green Turtle. We're not yeah, going to the Green Turtle. No. We're going to the Green Turtle. You're getting the hot wings. No. <laughs> 
Yeah, on the house. That lady, that lady saw me die right in front of her, eat three of 20 wings, <laughs> and she didn't care. She yep. just moved on with her life. Made you pay him. She sure did. You hate to see it. You do. I'm not going there. <laughs> yeah, we're going. Really? Yeah, we're going. <laughs> Why? Didn't want you to find out this way, but here we are. Why? So we'll live tweet that. Make sure you check it out. Joe's at the Joe Marino. I'm at Grinding the Tape. Well, um, I'm getting a small order. What do they got? Three? They got an option for three? I do not think they have three. Well, I, just get a different heat, dude. No, we're getting hot. And you're eating more than one. No. <laughs> dude, I'm pretty personal with my personal life, but I got to get married this weekend. I'm not going to die from hot wings <laughs> two days before my wedding. You know, you. I thought about – I. <laughs> you just – you. Uh, thank you. Uh I thought a lot about what I ate the days before my wedding so that I wouldn't be in a bind. And I, I think that's smart of you to to manage your intake, which you always do. So Yeah, I mean, I just want to be kind to of my digestive tract, you know? Yeah. All right. Is, so we, is, this, is this what people are here for? It's not. We're going to get negative reviews and stuff. It's going to be bad. Uh, all right. What are we? Bozos. Yeah, we are. Uh, Broncos and the Chiefs, Kyle, you told me in the pre-show uh, that the Broncos got five of your top 102 players. Yeah, they got a uh, really, really good class as far as I was concerned. Uh, I love what they did at the beginning of the draft, uh, trading back from 10 to 20, picking up the uh, the extra second-round pick, which they then in turn used to trade up and get Drew Locke uh, with the 42nd pick. Denver was tied to Drew Locke in the first round at 10. And they played it cool. CC Dave Gettleman, CC New York Giants. That's how you do it. You know, if somebody else wants to jump on the grenade, you let them. But if not, then you can find a time in which it's appropriate value, and you can pull the trigger and jump up there and go get your guy. And that's what the the Broncos did. You know, Noah Fan at twenty. Terrific value for me. This is one of my best football players in this year's draft class. I think he's really exciting potential. Dalton Reisner, finally somebody got wise to this quote-unquote falling plug-and-play right tackle at the next level. Maybe he's not the best athlete like Caleb McGarry's of the world, but you know what? You can give me Dalton Reisner 10 times out of 10. This is a top 15 player for me in this year's class. I think he's pretty safe projection. And then Drew Locke, my 39th rated player. They got about 42. Uh, Long-term play here, and because they were able to trade back from 10 to 20, they really minimized the hit that they would take to their 2019 draft class to, to jump up and get him because they had the extra capital. Uh, I really like that fan pick, Kyle, especially trading back, getting some additional assets. But you think about Joe Flacco and when he's been the most effective, it's been when he's had a good tight end to work with, right? Think about Todd Heap. Think about Dennis Pitta when those guys were on, pour man. One out for Dennis Pitta, dude. Yeah, pour one out. But, uh, and not that fans like similar or anything like that, but having that uh, a weapon, a reliable weapon there, uh, certainly an extremely explosive weapon to complement some of the young players they have out t- outside and Deshaun Hamilton and, and Cortland Sutton, uh, to name a few. But uh, one of my favorite picks in this class is, is uh, Justin Hollins, who they took at 156. And yeah. he's such an interesting player. He kind of played – both edge and stand-up linebacker for Oregon. And we got a chance to see him at the Shrine game and got a chance to see him go 1v1 in some pass rush situations. And I know that those offensive linemen were terrible at the Shrine game, but he, he, he did a good job of making them look super terrible. I'll say that. He was the, the defensive MVP of the game. So, well, I mean, look, let's call it what it is. Let's call it what it is, Kyle. 
I'm ready to talk about 2020, and I've got two podcasts in the way from doing that. All right, <laughs> just gonna let it rip, dude. Yeah, no more censor take. You said f. You said fuck you at the beginning of the show to me. I'm I'm gonna shit on the offensive lineman at the Shrine Game. We're we're a little angry here on this podcast. Uh, but yeah, anyways, yeah. So listen, Von Miller's at a free agent year, a contract year. I don't anticipate him going elsewhere. But you can think about this stable of rushers and Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, and then now adding a guy like Justin Hollins to the mix, who's so interesting to me. I really like that trio. This was an interesting landing spot for Draymond Jones. <laughs> but I think about Draymond Jones, and I think about Denver and their utilization of guys like Derek Wolf and Adam Gotsis, and Jones isn't there yet, but I think that is a role that I could at least see some potential for Draymond, especially when you consider you get in passing situations and you're going to have either Chubb or Von Miller lined up outside of him. And I think that he, he gives you more potent pass rush ability than what you'd get from Adam Gotsis, with all due respect to Gotsis, who was a second-round pick in 2016. So Jones, athletic first step, is going to have more explosive guys lined up outside of him, so you're guaranteed he's going to get a lot of one-on-one situations and and not a lot of attention uh this was for me uh i had a third round grade on draymond jones i had him 77th he went 71st so to recap the first five picks for the broncos fan i had four he went 20 reisner i had 12 he went 41 Lockie went 39 or he went 42 i had him 39 jones went 71st i had him 77th hollins went 156 out of 102 I mean, what more could you possibly hope for if if my evaluations are accurate, which I'd like to think that they are? No, not all of them will be this year, but nobody's will ever be hitting a thousand, batting a thousand. Uh, so for me, based on what I saw in these players in the pre-draft, uh, the only player that I did not acknowledge from their draft class was Juwan Winfrey, who they picked at 187 from Colorado, so he's a local kid. Uh, he was not a guy that I did an assessment on. I was fairly familiar with him but uh, not a player that I actually ranked. Yeah, you got to love the patience of John Elway in this draft. You know, just with with Drew Locke, like you had already mentioned, potential option for them at number 10. They're patient. They get him on day two. And I think I think that's a beautiful thing because it gives them a chance to not overcommit to him, if that makes sense, right? Like, it if makes- you take a guy at number 10, like, you've got to really give him every opportunity. And if Drew Locke's not your guy, then there's there's not a, it's not a big deal. You took him in the second round. Uh, but also gives you time to give him the time to acclimate himself. And, you know, he started playing his best football after four years of really being a starter in Missouri, really in the second half of his senior season. So uh, it's he's has some, some ceiling to him, right? He has some room for growth. And uh, he'll get a chance to, to prove if he's the guy and, and certainly make sure there's a insurance behind Joe Flacco. So I, I give John Elway a lot of credit for the way he manages draft. Chiefs? Yeah. Uh, Chiefs. Whew. I like this haul, man. This is one of those teams that didn't have a first-round pick. Uh, but I think their first three selections, I like them a ton. And I know that Miko Hardman at 56 uh, might seem a little bit rich, but I think for this style of offense that Kansas City plays, and obviously the, the Tyreek Hill situation kind of looming, it makes a lot of sense. They need this type of player. And it's not just that he runs 4-3, right? It's that it's not that simple it's it's that he he maximizes that four three by having terrific 
ball tracking skills. He finds a football and he does a really good job of carrying speed to and through the catch point. And so there's no slowing up. He's just so natural tracking and really catching that football over his shoulder. You know, Pat Mahomes going to want to rip the ball down the field. You got a guy that uh, people are going to have a really hard time running with. And he gives you that, that explosive dynamic. And so I'm excited about what he can be in this offense with Tyreek Hill, really, you know, his future in jeopardy. I thought this was very necessary. And I mean, I could talk for days about how much I like Juan Thornhill and Kalen Saunders. So for a team that didn't have a first round pick to get those three players in lieu of potentially a first round pick, uh, plus plus Frank Clark, plus, uh, you know, the addition of uh, who's a safety, Tyron Matthew. I, I like what this team did this offseason. Yeah, I thought they did a really nice job. Now, with that said, Joe, I was tasked with doing a mulligan for the Chiefs at the beginning of this week. And based on the Tyreek Hill situation, based on their situation at safety, I couldn't I couldn't knock any of the picks that they made. And then anything outside of the first three, you're into the two hundreds. Like I'm yeah. not gonna split hairs on picks no. in the two hundreds. I'm sorry. No. You know, no. it's it's just sensible senseless for me to see get here and get on a soapbox about picking the two hundreds. But what I ended up settling on for my mulligan is I wish the Chiefs could have found a way to come home with a corner that was not Rashad Fenton at 201. Uh, yeah. Have you seen this corner group? Uh, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> Rashad Breeland, Tavarius Ward, Kendall Fuller, who's very good, but he's a nickel. Like, yeah. Let's make no mistake. Keith Reeser, Traymond Smith, Rashad Fenton, Herb Miller, Andrew Soro, DeMontra Wade, Jalen Burrell, Dakari Monroe. Those are all of the corners on the roster for the Kansas City Chiefs. Juan Thornhill is probably your second best corner. That's kind of the thing, though. You look at these safeties, and they have man coverage ability. Like Even like Armani Watts, Juan Thornhill, Tyron Matthew, I think they give you that man coverage ability. But yeah, you're right, man. I mean, who's, who's lining up with Odell Beckham? I mean, not that many people do, but like, you know, like you just don't feel like you have guys that are going to be able to go man to man with with really, you know, that that type of shifty, elusive type receiver uh, that are good. How much how much do you think it hurt the Kansas City draft room to see Justin Lane go off the board at 83 when they picked 84? Oh yeah, that's that's a dagger, and and not that Kalen Saunders isn't exciting, but yeah, Justin Lane would be perfect for this team. Like I, I sit there and think about, you know, I'm not going to talk down on the Colin Saunders pick because I like his fit for Kansas City a lot. I think his potential to push Derek Noddy down the road is present. Uh, he's he's kind of got some similarities to what they have at Xavier, Xavier Williams. I think he's a little bit more stout of a football player. I think he's probably well, he's another small school prospect. So, he, I mean, there's some development to be done there, but really like his potential. And you think about, you know, if Saunders becomes what he has the athletic ability to be as an athletic one tech and nose tackle, Chris Jones, Colin Saunders, Frank Clark, that's a really exciting group up front. And then you got Emmanuel Ogba, if they can develop him at all. And if not, then, Hey, you know, we got to go out, we got to find one pass rusher to, to rush opposite Frank Clark and let's go get it. Uh, so I don't, I don't want to talk down on the Colin Saunders pick because I like it, but yeah, there was probably some expletives when Lane came off the board at 83. That one had to hurt. So that was what I settled with with my mulligan was like, I'd probably, in hindsight, make sure I got up in front of Pittsburgh so I could get Justin Lane. 
even if it's at the cost of bringing home Rashad Fenton at 201, and then you got to give away like a fourth round pick in 2020. Cal, you had mentioned after Hardman, Thornhill, and Saunders, it was three picks in the in the 200s. If I, if there's one of those that I I can get behind, it's Darwin Thompson at 214. He'd been kind of hyped up a little bit as potentially a, a higher pick. I thought it was an appropriate range for him, but what I can really get behind here is his fit with Andy Reid, and I trust that Andy Reid will take advantage of his skill set. He's he doesn't have good vision. This isn't a player that you're going to trust to to run behind the offensive line and really find that space. But what he can do is win in space because he's very elusive. He's got good contact balance, and he's a, he's electric. He's really, really quick and fast. And so you get him touches in space and just create opportunities where he doesn't have to think a ton and just tap into the athletic potential that exists there. I can get behind it, especially because in, in their lead backs, you just don't see you know, you know Carlos Hyde, Damian Williams. You don't have this type of player. So I like – what he can be for this offense. And I trust that Andy Reid will get that out of him. So for a pick in the two hundreds that I think could provide, you know, some returns and and really redeem uh, some value here late in the draft. I think Darwin Thompson could be that guy. Agreed. 100% receiving ability, kind of ability to make plays in space. I was surprised you didn't give a shout out to a noted shrine game alumni, Nick Allegretti, since we just got done talking about how good the offensive line was yeah. at the Shrine game this year. Was any of – so the kid from Sioux Falls was drafted, right? Would it be interesting um, to go back and look like which offensive yeah, lineman got drafted? He, he, he went to – he went top 100 to the Chargers. But Tyler Jones didn't get drafted, who was the best offensive lineman we saw there, right? Correct. Not, that, so. not that I'm pounding the table like that hard for Tyler Jones, but – yeah, I'd like a, I'd like a four or five on. Yeah, that's funny. super super attractive in outside zone type systems. Oh yeah, but his anchor was soft. I think he has to play center at the next level. Which I don't think that's a ridiculous thought. No, I don't know if no. he could snap, but if he could snap, that's I mean that'd be his ticket, right? Joe, I had meant to talk about this at the top of the show, oh, but boy. I forgot. Oh boy, something happened this week on social media. Oh. And I, did, I didn't see you acknowledge it, so I had to get your opinion. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to start talking about when you locked yourself out of your own house. But then no, you – No, I, I didn't. Somebody else locked me mm-hmm. out on the deck <laughs> as it got dark so they could go get their hair done. Um, Kyler Murray. Yeah. Was on social media earlier this week. Yeah. And uh, had happened to stumble across somebody taking a picture from the rookie symposium of him standing next to, was it Hollywood Brown? Yeah. And Hollywood Brown's listed at 5'9", Kyler's listed at 5'10", and they're next to each other, and Hollywood looks taller than than Kyler does. And somebody made a comment saying, food for thought, Hollywood's listed at 5'9", and he looks taller than Kyler. (laughs) Kyler gets on Twitter. And he tweets back at the guy with a picture of him and Hollywood shirtless, standing face to face in the weight room, holding dumbbells <laughs> as evidence that he's taller than Hollywood. And I don't think he's taller than Hollywood in the picture. Right. Well, and Hollywood and has Hollywood's a boot on. Yeah. <laughs> Not great. It's like, dude, what are you doing? He, really? Here you go, dude. Stop reaching. Here's the proof is what you gave you, Kyler. You gave him the proof. Um, like you, you look at every anatomical 
landmark on both of them. Their shoulders. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. So their nipples, uh, their eyeballs, their belly buttons. Hollywood's taller in every single piece of it. <laughs> With the freaking walking boot on you. Got, yeah, it's not great. This is not great. Uh, I, I, I'm imagining him reading the tweet, being so angry about it that he has somebody take a picture on his phone of those guys. They hand the phone back. He looks at the picture, proceeds to attach the picture to a tweet, write out the comment, and hit send. And never once in that thought process did it kind of occur to him like, hey, this isn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but here it is, and it, it's a national treasure. I think it's amazing. I think he he's so, got heavier dumbbells in his hand, so he does. It's true. Yeah, yeah. He, you could tell he's thicker, but like, how heavy was Hollywood? One hundred and sixty something pounds. One hundred and sixty six pounds. <laughs> Kyler Kyler looked like he's packing an extra thirty five pounds of muscle in his no, frame versus no. versus Hollywood. <laughs> no, this creates even more doubt. Right? Oh no. Yeah, because he, you, we had talked about that, right? He was like, he weighed in like over two hundred, like two hundred five, two hundred seven, or something like that at the combine. Yeah, it was like two hundred seven, two hundred eight, I think, at the combine. Brother, he's he ain't that. Not, Either that or Hollywood's put on like twenty pounds. There's no way you can look at this picture and say that Kyler Murray's thirty, forty pounds more than Hollywood Brown in this picture, and taller, and taller. That's bad. You've done nothing for yourself. <laughs> and at no point through the process they were like, nah, man, let's just get back to my lift. They, <laughs> they said, he said it. Incredible. Wow. So I just I just wanted your your take on that because I saw that come through the other day and I was like, oh my God. Like this is Chief Petty and like I'm super petty, so I appreciated it. But then the more I thought about it, I'm like, you've done nothing. <laughs> you, you didn't help your case the way I think you might, you thought you might have. Nah, he, he, uh, went to dunk and, uh, you know, didn't, he didn't make, he didn't make the dunk at it's all. It's like, uh, this, when Steph Curry got stuck, stuck, uh, stuffed by the rim. Yeah. 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 Right. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Well, I guess if you're getting compared to Steph Curry, you're doing something right. Yeah, that's true. You know, all time elite quarterback, Kyler Murray compared to, Who's the, the comparisons were like Mahomes, Russell Wilson. Who else was on that list? For Kyler? Yeah, for comparisons. Vic? You yeah. know, all the stupid names you, you put together for dual threat that's, quarterbacks. That's, my, that's my, new, my new comp for Kyler Steph Curry. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. Line it up, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed today's episode of the pod. Uh, we have one more this week. We'll be finishing the AFC West. We'll also be finishing this series, recapping all 32 draft teams and uh, looking forward to, to putting a bow on that moving forward to the 2020 draft class. Come back and see us again tomorrow. You can do so by finding us on the Himalaya app, brand new podcast app that's uh, quite handy and friendly to their users. Uh, can get a hands-free experience, tell your smartphone to play podcast draft dudes and it will play it for you so that way if you're on the go you can listen to us ramble about walking boots and dumbbells and pictures on twitter and a little bit of football thrown in every now and then once in a while as well yeah, yeah and just a little bit you know so uh, if you have hot takes for next week's takes on takes 
send them to us. Joe is at the Joe Marino. I am at grinding the tape. Remember, there's no, there, there's no Kyle on next week's takes on takes. So give me the yeah. we got our chance. We got our chance, folks. No, no, there's no chance for anything. Yeah. And you just continue operating as normal. Especially Kyle has confirmed he won't be listening. So get him in, folks. All right. I'm hanging up the call. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.